This this is working the beat. It is a Tuesday night, September 17th, 2019. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us here. One of two shows we will have this week is uh, Mr. Kern and I break down the world of Philadelphia sports. Tonight we're going to mention the Phillies. Is that what we do? That's what we do, yes. Okay. Uh, you realize a month ago I was in Bermuda? <clears throat> and tonight they're getting ready for a hurricane, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't. It's going to get like a scathing blow, but. Yeah, well, all the houses down there, by the way, are built to such a high standard. Mm-hmm. They have to be, you know, that's why houses are so expensive. So I don't, you know, you never want to see that kind. I think they had one a few years ago. Actually, now that I remembered, it went through there pretty good. But they don't get that. They don't seem like they get that, house, you know, 50,000 houses on the ground. They probably don't have 50,000 houses in Bermuda, but... Hey, by the way, can I plug myself? Sure, plug away. On, on Better's Insider last mm-hmm. week, which is the website that we're trying to get off the ground and get going, and I pick a, a golf pick every week. Yeah. Well... Oh, you, that the Greenbrier wait last a minute. week. Well, okay, but the last pick of last season, well, three weeks ago last season, I had Rory McIlroy at the Tour Championship. Okay. My fifth winner since January. Fourth winner. Fifth, fifth winner. So anyway... This week I had Joaquin Neiman at thirty-three to one. Do you know how hard it is to have back-to-back winners? Now I, I do it throughout three or four picks. I have a long shot, dude. Now that makes up for some of the crap I've been throwing out otherwise on college and pro picks. But you know how hard it is to have back-to-back golf winners. Jordan oh. used to tell me all the time it was harder to pick golf winners than horse winners because he was only trying to pick among fifteen horses, and I was trying to pick among. I don't know, 30 or 40 guys. But I was proud of myself. And, and he won by six. Like, he won impressively. He's the third. How about this? He's only the third non-American to win a PGA Tour event under the age of 21. Yep. The others were Seve and Rory. Wow. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I don't good. know how good this guy is going to be. But, hey, I had him. So, read betters. Go to Betters Insider this week and see who. I don't want to give it away. But I, I took some long shots. So, we'll see. Three in a row, I may have to, like, stop. Just retire. Walk away. Isn't that what you did already? In a way? I took a buyout. You took a buyout. (laughs) Coming up on... Like the Phillies. I took a buyout. That's exactly right. Coming up on the show, we are joined... Yeah, we're we're, we're excited because we've we've had a good run of guests. We had Howard a couple weeks ago. Uh, We had uh, Angelo last week. And thank you for all the good feedback we got on the Angelo Catali interview. And and it's it's all Kevin's doing, by the way. I take very little credit for this because Kevin's the guy who knows these people. So um, please thank him. Tonight, it's Jason Stark, the Hall of Fame writer for the Athletic Baseball Writer. We'll talk about the Phillies and what has gone wrong. Phillies entering the play on Tuesday night. Five it, back. It went wrong? Uh, yeah. Five back with 14 to play. Yeah. You, you about to you going to declare well, him done? Finally? Put, put it this way. It, they're not officially done. And I was the one a month ago saying, hey. And I thought... Since everybody was giving him no shot, why not? That's usually when something happens. I, if they do, it's a miracle because they would have to go like twelve and two. They got fourteen left or eighteen left. They have fourteen left. 14, they'd have to go like twelve and two, and eleven of those games are on the road. Great stat by Corey Seidman the other night. I was listening to post game, and um, but Ricky was actually saying this. I think we're trying to get Ricky at some point too, which would be great. Yes, and he was saying like. In the last two games, the Phillies were one and one. I think this is before they lost the second Boston game. 
If you go back four games, they were two and two. Mm-hmm. If you went back six games, all the way back to like they're twelve and twelve, 12 and twelve. I think they're twelve and thirteen now because I think that was, that was before before the loss. Yeah. How can you be a team in contention? And and the Jack, we had Jack McCaffrey on another great guest a, a while back, and he said he thought the Phillies were going to go on that run. That's why. He, and and I was like, I was skeptical because they hadn't went on a run all year. Odds are, Mike, that their longest winning streak will be four games. Four games, which for a team that's going to. I'm guessing finish over 500, even if it's barely. That's almost impossible. But here's a team that's lost Aaron Noah's last five starts, mm-hmm. which is also almost. Now it hasn't wasn't all Aaron's fault. I mean, there were no. times when, but I mean, you know, they went out and got the guy from the Mets. What are they like? They, they, he's he, he's he, lost his six starts. I mean, I mean, Smiley's is... been like okay. Can we can we say that? Yeah, like, he's been. Okay. We should save this for Jason. But we are. We're going to get to that. We'll talk about what the club will do. Of course, I find it fascinating whatever John Middleton's going to do here next. Because all the question becomes is the manager come back. I think the general manager's coming back, unless John just goes berserk, which could happen. Sure, you know, but he just gave them an extension. But I guess he can afford to eat it. Yeah, and then Mike and I will talk in the second segment about a lot, of, or in the final segment, a little bit about the Eagles. And uh, by the way, my apologies in advance. I am dealing with either a head cold or sinuses. That's okay. Or I'll something. talk a lot. I do anyway. <laughs> And actually, Jason has warned me he's got a little bit of a a, a tickle, too, at this oh, it's point. To, you know, we're getting into that season. In the wintertime, I remember last year for about a month, I was, pfft, January, I was gone. So, and it's week. So, the NFL was two weeks old. Yep. Already, and this is why we talk about, like, what can, and we're going to get, obviously, to the Eagles problems. Ben Roethlisberger done, maybe for good. Uh, the same, Drew Brees out for half the year. Well, I, that, that's what I was going to hold on to for the, for the last segment. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fine. So let's go with this segment. We'll get things started right now. It's Jason Stark, the Hall of Fame writer for The Athletic, joining us on Working the Beat. From the Athletic, long time from the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Lincoln High School, Lincoln High School, <laughs> Syracuse University. It is Jason Stark. Jason, how are you? You can mention ESPN if you want. ESPN. A little time there. At Providence Journal, correct? Were you up in Providence? I passed through the Providence Journal. That's right. Um, him and, and Angelo. Him and Angelo. Him and Angelo. Yes. Wow. <laughs> like I don't know if you guys know this, but it's all my fault. When when I left the Providence yeah. Journal, they hired Angelo to replace me. <laughs> he spoke. And glo- I'm the one who recommended that the Inquirer hire him. Wow, he it's spoke. All my fault. He spoke glowingly <laughs> about Providence. By the way, last week he was not a big fan of his hometown, which is yeah. Well, it's all another story. Yeah. Um, so, what has your summer been like here? Obviously, you know Cooperstown in July. Um, I'm sure it was a lot of fun. You got the ride a hot dog launcher. Um, you've had everybody. You've had everybody, you know, come up to you and talk about how important, you know, you have been in their careers that has worked in this business. Has it been, I know it's been fun. Has it been a little surreal? It's totally been surreal. It's been overwhelming at times. You know, as you guys know, I'm not a me, me, me kind of guy, but it, it really, it, like you can't get honored in Cooperstown and give a speech to a packed ballpark and not realize 
this is something that is once in a lifetime. And the memories from that weekend, from that day, from the time I spent around the, you know, all the, the living Hall of Famers, the greatest players on earth, uh, those are just memories of a lifetime. The way, uh, just a look in the eyes of my family when I looked out on them from the podium, the <laughs> the, the look in their eyes the whole weekend, it, it just, it, it's beyond special. I can't even, I mean, I'm a wordsmith, but I can't really put that into words because there's really been nothing like it in my time. And Kevin, you, you know, you, you touched on something that's been one of the greatest parts of all, um, which is getting to share it with so many people and especially so many people in our business, mm-hmm. people who have told me about the mark that I left on their, their lives and their careers and how I inspired them to to do what they do. And like, that's, that's, it doesn't get any more awesome than that because I've always been one of those people that tried to pay it forward and, and help everybody. And it, it, the whole thing, right, right up to the, the launching of the hot dogs has been just a summer of a lifetime. When I, I meant to ask this of you, you were a little busy that weekend, but I, I meant to ask this of you <laughs> up there. Um, all right. So you're on stage and you have a speech and there's a lot of hall of famers behind you who quite honestly look like they were, they were feeling the effects of the heat. If you know what I mean, it was a warm day. Yeah. Uh, how conscious are you of keep it as brief? Uh, you know, you have to, you have to thank everybody, but you also don't want to like tick off the guys behind you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was tricky. That's a tricky part of it. Um, you know, one of the, one of the elements in that was that really the entire program kind of revolved around me. And so, you know, talk, I, you know, I picked a lot of brains of a lot of people about, you know, what should be in the speech, how long the speech should be, all kinds of stuff. And like, Bob Costas, who went, I think, 34 minutes last year, told me, you're it, man. Just go as long as you want. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Um, I did I did cut that speech uh, a couple of times, including that, you know, the weekend, like I think that was the day before I gave it. I mean, we were aware that it was going to be hot. and I, So I definitely sliced a few more minutes out of it, but it wound up being 20 minutes. And I, it was just, look, you don't get to give that one again. Uh, it's not like if I, if I screwed it up, I get to do it next year. So I, I just got to the point where the, the stuff that I talked about was important to me. Right. And, you know, that I, I, you know mo- for the most part, those Hall of Famers were incredible and incredibly complimentary to me and talked to me, you know, about my you know, having a family that's so passionate about baseball and like baseball runs through our lives and like all kinds of really cool stuff like that. You know, there's like a parade through Cooperstown yep. after the ceremony. The parade, great speech, love the speech. And I hope so. <laughs> people, <laughs> people have, a, a lot of people have told me how much they loved it since. And so I'm sorry that couple guys up on that stage had to sweat, but it was my speech. And plus, plus, to be honest, you know, you've had to wait for them for years and years coming out of locker rooms anyway, when they've, some of them have been in the training room. So, you know, five minutes wasn't going to hurt them. Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) 
like normally, if like if if I were on if if I'd been on the program on Sunday, like that's the way it used to work. Yeah, the writer and the the broadcaster were on it on the same day as the players, and there were six people speaking, or five people speaking, or four people speaking. I I had done ten minutes. Yeah, but I mean, the the Spink Award winner. Uh, has been dead for almost 50 years, Al Helfer. Yeah. Uh, there was no one even from his family there. There was just no representation of him. I took Al Helfer's time. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> Jason, it's been two months. Did, does it did, like? Does it ever change the feeling? Uh, you know, you're immortal. I mean, you know, we're all in the, the business, and we're we've all left our mark somehow, hopefully. But you're immortal. Every time you go up to Cooperstown, I mean, you're part of that. Is that ever going to change until the day they, you know, they put you in the ground? Yeah, that was the strangest part of it. I, you know, I, I, I did a press conference and did a did a few interviews while I was up there, and somebody did ask me that question if I had thought about what it's like that for the rest of time, mm-hmm. people walking through that Hall of Fame are going to come across my picture and my story and. You know, maybe somebody out there can comprehend that. That somebody is not me. I, I, I just have no comprehension of people walking through that gallery in 200 years or whatever and stumbling upon my pretty face. <laughs> I hope it's a good picture. <laughs> It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> J- Jason it, it resembles me. <laughs> Jason Stark from The Athletic and uh, formerly VSPN and The Inquirer and 15 other outlets joins us. Formerly The Great Sports Debate, we all should, po- should point out. <laughs> Um, and, and now this. And now this. Yeah. Um, all right, Jace. Right. Let's let's get to the uh, let's get to the Phillies. Um, when you're in Clearwater in March, um, if I said they would be maybe finish a game or two above 500, which is probably the most likely scenario at this point, how how do you think John Middleton would have reacted? <laughs> uh, how would he have reacted, or how would I have reacted? Either. Um, like I, I, I honestly am not that shocked by the fact that they're going to miss the postseason. I I did not think they were a playoff team. I didn't think they were quite there yet. Certainly didn't have enough pitching yet. And that's been borne out. I'm surprised by the fact that they have not hit. Um, I think there's a lot of questions that have to be asked about that part of it. Um, but, you know, John Middleton did not, <laughs> he did not say it that way. I think that's safe to say. I had a couple of conversations with him during spring training and, you know, he was dreaming those big dreams. This was a team to dream on. It was a winner to dream on. Bryce Harper was a star to dream on. Uh, you know, he like he he signed Bryce Harper as much for the star power as for what he thought it would uh, do to enhance his chances of riding on a parade float. Um, he got the star power, but... Uh, they got a lot of work to do if they're going to get to the parade float. And how much does that then influence what goes forward here for this organization? Obviously, the manager's fate is going to be in the air here as the season ends. I know he extended Matt Clintack and Andy McPhail, but that was also in the heady days back in, in spring training or right after spring training. <clears throat> There's a lot of questions about this organization, especially when you look at their minor league system, and it's kind of bare at this point, too. Well, they've had a lot of uh, guys who they thought and the industry thought were going to be good players who've gone backwards this year. You know, they did blow up uh, a lot of their player development system over the winter. Uh, you know, installed the whole dry lo- drive line baseball hitting 
philosophy technique and a lot of guys didn't take to it. So, you know, it's possible that the system is actually better than it looked this year, but that it's certainly a problem. It's not what it was. Um, in fact, that's what's really one of the biggest problems. I, you know, I, I was talking to a, an executive of an American League team about all the stuff that he saw with the Phillies, and he said to me, like, here's the thing that nobody talks about. You know, they went through the down years, the, the pick in the top five, pick in the top ten of the draft years. Where are the impact players? He said, I don't see any. And that's uh, uh, that's a big problem. <laughs> that You can't go through that that process and not come out of it with your Anthony Rizzo and your Chris Bryan and your Kyle Schwarber, right? And they don't have those guys. So that that's one huge issue. And then, I mean, I, I believe you started this question by asking me about the manager and the general manager. And I, I keep using the expression, anything is possible. And I really believe that, you know, if you think back on when the hitting coach got fired, John Maley, I don't know anybody who doesn't believe that John Middleton was the driving force behind that decision. Mm-hmm. And, his, and whatever frustration drove him to that could drive him to do almost anything. I, I mean, he, he, you know, like he doesn't, he doesn't call or text me daily. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm relying on what I hear, but it, it sounds like he's been upset. He's been emotional. He's been picking a lot of brains. I, I honestly, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but I, it's just impossible to believe that the coaching staff and everything around them and above them comes back intact. And just course, no way. But, but Jason, the thing that strikes me, and the minor league thing is, but whatever happens with the manager or the general manager or whatever, there's a lot of things that, on a team that just went out this off season and did a lot. They got a lot more to do. I mean, it's not like they need like one piece, or, or you know, and and they, they need pitching. They need some bullpen. Although the bullpen's been better, they need to fix maybe a couple positions or figure out what they're going to do with Kingry. It just seems to me like for a team that that is going to finish above five hundred, they still have a lot of questions. Well, they they totally do, and you know if. If they hadn't tried to make people think they were going to win 100 games or whatever uh, and that this was their time, maybe we would look at this differently. Yeah. And that really is what I thought. I just I just never saw 100 wins or even 90 wins. I thought if everything went right, maybe 86, something like that. Um, and because they needed to build a staff you can win with. And, it, you know, it – like there is a a lot of talent on the field, there is. Uh, assuming that you get Real Muto signed, you've got the best catcher in baseball. You've got a a star in right field. Uh, Reese Hoskins has been a mess. I think we know that three home uh, homered in three of his last thirty eight games. His swing is just all messed up, and he's confused. But I still think that guy can be Paul Goldschmidt, Scott Kingery. Is tremendous. I, mm. you know, I, we, you know, we haven't seen anything like that kid in the entire live ball era. Uh, he, he's played ten games or more at five different positions, and he, you know, he, he's going to wind up with more home runs than like all the other guys who've done that in the live ball era combined. So, like, that's a lot of talent to build around. Aaron Nola is. Uh, you know, if he's not Max Scherzer, he's still somebody to build around. But 
to win in modern baseball, it requires so much more than star power. Um, the drop-off from that group to everybody else is too big, and there's just not enough depth. There wasn't enough depth to survive the year. And so, I mean, you're talking about questions I would have. Um, all right, even if they think Alec Bohm gets to the big leagues next year, who's going to play third before he does? Um, what are they going to do about Cesar Hernandez? Do they want to trade that guy and just install Kingry at second every day, or is there more value to having him bounce around the field? Is Andrew McCutcheon going to be healthy? Can he play center field? Does that leave room for Corey Dickerson? Um, how do you fix Reese Hoskins' swing? How much can you get out of Spencer Howard next year? He's through 71 innings this year. Um, man, that's a lot of stuff to fix, and I didn't even talk about the rotation. Yeah, and that's and that actually brings me to my next point. And I looked this up in, in honor of you about three weeks ago. I looked at, I looked this up. Um, I miss your trivia question, by the well, way. Ask, I used to love that. I'll ask this to Jason. Um, do you know how many Phillies homegrown starting pitchers have made the all-star game since 1971 with the Phillies? Uh, I'll go with three. Uh, Aaron Nola, Cole Hamels, I want to say Tyler Green. That those are three. Uh, there, there's more. There's more. Rick Wise, technically. <laughs> okay, he was well, he, he got developed and he yeah played a lot a long time before that. Yeah, Dick, Dick Rufin. Okay, and Kevin Gross. Six of Kevin them. Kevin Gross. No, no recollection of that. One. Well, and and, and by the way, mo- most of them were. Most of them were like in years where the Phillies needed to have a starting pitch or a, a player just to fill out an All Star roster. The Kevin Gross one, uh, and, yeah, and all that. Of course. the The question I have is why can't this? It seems like this team cannot develop from their minors. It's a historical weakness starting pitching. And how big a problem yeah. is this? And none yeah, of those guys uh, were left handers. Well, except by the way, Hamels. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First since Chris Short, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I mean, if you have to go out and buy all your arms, you know what? The, what, what what's going to come of that? There's going to be a lot of dead money every year because the one thing that all pitchers have in common is they all get hurt. Yeah. All yeah. they all get hurt. Fifty percent of all starting pitchers in baseball go on the disabled list every year. Fifty percent, uh, which means if your if your guy didn't go on the disabled list next year, he's probably going on next, this year. He's probably going on next year, and so. You've got to develop these guys uh, or trade for the young arms and, and turn them into something. And like none of that has really happened. I mean, they thought it had a chance to happen with the current group, with Eflin and Pavetta and Velasquez. And I mean, there's, there's one work in progress in Eflin and, and, and two guys I've, you know, I've seen the movie enough times. Yeah. And then they thought they had a rotation in Lehigh Valley of all prospects, and none of them took a step forward. None of them, is, unless you count Cole Irvin, right? So, right. Uh, I mean, with with if you don't develop pitching, um, you're lost. Uh, I mean, they did look. They did trade their best pitching prospect for Real Muto, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. I, I wouldn't I, Sixto Sanchez. You know, he might be great. He might be Carlos Carrasco at some point, but he's had a hard time staying healthy. I would do that. Spencer Howard has a chance to be a star. Um, this is very important that they turn him into one. But I don't know who else does. 
And I mean, somebody's going to have to figure out where the issues have been in player development and fix it. I'm excited. I, I can tell. <laughs> is this a? Is this a? The last off season, this was an attractive place because there was a ton of money and there was an impression that they were growing into something. Do you think when we get to this off season, and there's going to be Rendon talk, there's going to be Garrett Cole talk, all this, and and I'm sure there. I doubt it. <laughs> what? Oh, go ahead. I, I uh, doubt it. I, I doubt. Well, but I mean, is it still attractive? Is it still attractive? Is is this? Yes. Is this team still uh, attractive? Y- yes. Um, first off, you know, I just been poking around, uh, asking people, uh, like the managing job, if they decide to make a change. Is this a good job? Everybody is unanimous that it's a great job. Yeah, who doesn't want to manage uh, Bryce Harper? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Well, yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of revenue. There's big payroll. There's talent, and it's the core group is is fairly young. You're going to keep that core group together, assuming you keep Real Muto, and I'd be shocked if they don't. So, it it, it it's a great park. It's a great sports town. Um, is it going to be attractive to players? Uh, you've got an owner who is <laughs> he's desperate to win. He will spend the money it takes to win that will make it attractive. And I mean, you'll, you'll have to, you know, I'll, I'll have to know the answer to the, to a lot of questions beyond that. Right. Who's the manager? Who's the general manager? Um, you know, is there, is there going to be a, a, a drastic change of approach? Is it going to be different coaching staff? I would need to know the answer to all that. But the answer to your question is, yeah, it is. Totally. Okay. I mean, because obviously you're right. There's a lot of uncertainty here. And I think sometimes here we get in the echo chamber of because we've seen the full play this year that people are going to go into this offseason and the fan base at least is going to go into this offseason with a very sour taste in their mouth about where the franchise is. That would never happen. I, I know. <laughs> do you do you believe that's a fair assess, assessment of where the... <laughs> yeah, I, I, let me ask you What that. kind of question is that? I don't know. You, 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 no, I'm, no, I'm, no, no, but you do that sometimes. It's, it's, yes, the but, fan base is disgruntled. No, but, but, but I'm 20,000 people. Well, what does that have to do with a guy signing Let me read. Because there's if, an image. I don't think... I'm going to let you in a little secret. If they offer Cole Garrett the most money... Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Or he's, Cole probably, Garrett. he's probably going to come here. Because that's the way free agency usually works. Do you see them being linked in with Garrett Cole? Well, I would... I mean, they... They will make the phone call. They will be in the loop. But I would be really shocked if they're the highest bidder on him because that would that would make it very tough for them to fill other holes. It okay. chews up a lot. That's going to chew up a, a lot of the budget. That's a you know it's, it's going to be a two hundred million dollar contract. It's going to be in the neighborhood of David Price, which I think was what two ten for. Seven, something like that. Yeah. So I, I just don't. I can't see him. I can't see Bumgarner. I can't see Ryu. I de- definitely can't see Geico. So where do they get the pitching? Like what? But what are they looking well, for? Well, here's. I mean, I I do think they sign a free agent starter, somebody from the Zach Wheeler, Jake Odorizzi, Tanner Roar, Cole Hamels group, and then you, you're gonna you, you trade for another starter. Um, like one of the things that I've thought about is. Would you trade for a year of somebody like Corey Kluber? It's only one year, right? 
but um, but Contact has made a bunch of deals like that. Yeah. Um, They'll add two starting pitchers. um, And then, you know, one thing that happens after everybody in your bullpen gets hurt is, assuming it's not, you know, a bunch of Tommy John surgeries, the next year they come back there, they haven't been abused the year before. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, I've often joked with some of my uh, front office friends that, You'd be better off going out and signing all the relief pitchers who had bad years than going out and signing all the relief pitchers who had good years. Because the guys who had good years, they get abused. They get worn out for the most part. And the guys who don't, they don't pitch as much, right? There's not as much wear and tear, and they're fresher, and they bounce back. And I mean, they had the makings when this season started of uh, a real good bullpen, but... That's the one part of the team I think is really easy to explain because of all the injuries. You're about you're about to do a month of airplane hopping and, and hotels oh, yeah. and all that for it's for the best the, time of the year. It is the best time of the year. What are you expecting in this October? Well Outside of the I mean, Phillies, I, obviously. I think it's gonna be a fantastic October because it's it's the age of the super teams. And I, I don't know that that makes the season memorable. But when you get them all into the tournament, you know, and like the Astros and Yankees are both going to win 105 or 106 or whatever. And it's incredible to think that you could win 105 games and not be the number one seed. But that's how good those two teams are. Uh, The the Dodgers and Braves, Dodgers are going to win 100 any minute and the Braves could win 100. Um, And then just the the rest of the cast, the Twins are going to come close to winning 100. I think this has a chance to be really fun, really fun. I can't wait. Yeah, and I, I think the one thing that's interesting is, you, you know, the Nationals The Nationals are strange because they've hit this free fall here at the end. Stopped but, hitting. Yeah, they stopped hitting. But if they get past that one game, that pitching against the Dodgers could be, could be a nightmare for, for Los Angeles. Yeah, although their bullpen could be a nightmare. That's true. Too. They have the worst bullpen ERA in baseball, and the, you know the Dodgers all they do is win games in the ninth inning. So there, there is that to worry about. But it'll I, be it'll be a throwback to the, it'll be a throwback to the old days where Scherzer will go nine and Strasburg will go nine and, and Corbett <laughs> will go nine and then rotate again. Yeah, well, they'll definitely try to get some mileage out of that group. I, it, you know, it, October's different because you don't play every day, and you can use your best relievers over and over uh, because they get built-in rests. Now, Sean Doolittle's still not right. He's pitching like the seventh inning. Uh, Washington's got a lot of worries, but they did go through a stretch of 100 games, 100, where they had the best record in the sport. Like Nobody would want to play that team. Nobody. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, especially if the Cubbies have to go there. Yeah, the Cubbies Cubbies can't win on the road. I have no idea where the wild card game's going to be, who's playing in it. I don't know if you saw the five-way <laughs> tie. Well, I, don't, I think a five-way tie is not happening, but Probably the four-way not. tie could still happen. And there's a scenario where the Rockies play five games in five days in five different cities and four all four time zones. That, so, and you know what? They would they would take that. They would take well, that. Yeah, except they're, they're done. <laughs> if they're still playing at the end of it, they would take it. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but better to be that than to be the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we take it here. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, they were like, I, I, the Phillies people knew that even if they got in, they weren't built 
to go deep, but there is value in getting there That's just right. to say, look what we did. In their yeah. case, look what we finally did. Yeah. But if you don't, you don't, as somebody once said. Jason, before <laughs> before we let you go, if, if next year, we don't know what they're going to do or what they're going to look like. We can only assume they're going to have a better team, you would think, next year because um, they know now what they need to do. Like, if they is, is next year they have to make the playoffs or the roof falls in? Or, I mean, what would be a reasonable expectation, you know, going into next season for John Middle and Sanity? Yeah. I think it's reasonable to think that and to expect that because they have raised the bar to that point. Um, the owner is all in. He was all in on this year. This year is becoming a massive disappointment because of where they set the bar for this year. And at a certain point, like you don't you don't want to be that team that said, "Yeah, we were really good ten years ago," and then you know we're closing in on that. Right? It's eight years now yeah. since the last time they made the postseason. So next year, by my math, it'll be nine. Um, I would say, yeah, they have to get there. And I mean, you've watched the Braves this year. You've watched the Nationals this year. What's the case that the Phillies are? better than either of those two teams uh, or better set up for the future than those two teams. Um, even if they have a lot of talented players, it's going to be really difficult for them to win the division without some big additions. Last question from me. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Is the manager back? You know, I'm not a, like, I'm not a big fan of questions like this, sorry, uh, or writing stories like this, and I, the honest answer is, I don't know. Like, if I were going to trust my gut, now that we know they're not going to get to the playoffs, I would say no. But I mean, I think there's a big debate going on inside that front office right now. It could swing either way, so it really wouldn't surprise me either way. But my gut says. No. Is he basically the next two weeks could determine a lot, even for him, if they don't go play well in Atlanta and 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 Cleveland and all that. If you see what you saw last year, right? If you don't have a winning record, I don't think there's any shot against that. Three. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. And and the other thing is, you know, you might look up in two weeks and Joe Madden's looking for a job. Uh, We already know that Buck Showalter will be available. Right, and there's a history uh, there, obviously, with uh, with Andy and, and Matt working with Buck in, in Baltimore. Yeah, a little just, bit. right. Joe Girardi uh, is available, looking for just the right job, as I understand it. I mean, there, there's some big names out there who they could shop for if they decide to make a change, and sometimes that is a reason to make one. You know, the Cubs were not gonna fire Ricky Renneria until Joe Madden became available and then everything changed. They didn't deserve to be fired, but they had a chance to get somebody they thought was a special fit for their franchise. And so they did it. And, you know, I don't like, I just don't know whether that's going to be the thinking, but I don't know how you can make the decision about whether you want Gabe Kapper to be back without considering how attractive the alternatives might yeah. be. It's a fair question. And I, I say this as a guy who, who likes Gabe a lot personally. I think that people do, there, there are a lot of narratives about him and him losing the team and guys not playing hard that don't really fit what I see. But um, there, look, there are definitely reasons to change managers. 
don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing. And unfortunately, and you know this for a long time too, some of it also comes down to, look, people don't buy tickets to see the manager, but they sometimes buy tickets because they don't like the manager, or don't buy tickets because <laughs> they don't like the manager. Right, well, I mean, especially the way things operate here now, um, the manager becomes the face of the franchise mm-hmm. and the voice of the franchise, right? Like the, the, how often does the general manager speak? Not a lot. How often How often does the team president? Twice a face? year. <laughs> Twice a year. And so who has to do the messaging? Twice a day, every day. It's the manager. And so, I mean, with, with, I, one of the areas that I think Gabe struggles with the most is the messaging. Yeah. And that again, that's just something that I think plays into this. But I, I, I still can't tell you. I'm, I'm being honest here. No. What's going to happen? Jason Stark from the Athletic and ESPN and, and the Baseball Hall of Fame. Jason, appreciate you coming in on short notice and doing this. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. Enjoy October. I know you're going to. Uh, even with all the frequent flyer miles, are going to get up, <laughs> racking up here. Exactly. Always good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Jason. Jason Stark. Our thanks once again to Jason Stark for joining us from The Athletic. Read his work at theathletic.com. Uh, one of the stable of fine writers there, uh, Matt Gelb, our buddy uh, from The Athletic, uh, covers the Phillies locally. Zach Berman there for covering the Eagles. And, of course, Ken Rosenthal and all the national writers. But, you know, I, I think... Are you in any Hall of Fames? I'm just curious. I am not. I, I'm in a couple. I've been lobbying for the Father Judge Hall of Fame, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to get the, there. I've gotten to the Lincoln Wall of Fame, and I don't even know if they have it anymore. Guy, it's got to be going on 20 years, 15 to 20, which Jason is also in. Jason is. Which amazed me that I would be in something Jason would be in. But, and Andy Talley, at one point, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, I got into the Philadelphia chapter of the National Football, I'm going to get this wrong, the National Football like Association. Well, you got to be on the Penn Relays wall. By I'm now, on that, you? but I don't know if that's like a Hall of Fame or if that maybe it is. I know, I, I know, Ruben yeah. Frank is my, on that. I think my Joe pictures Giuliano. in the palestra. So yeah, I, I got to admit, that's one of my jealousies <laughs> of you is that your picture is up there in yeah, that. They battle. put them up like like 15, 20 years ago, you and they really, haven't replaced them. <laughs> you were just kind of starting, I think. I, mean, I was. I know. I wasn't even starting. I think yeah, college so, I mean, basketball at that point. Yeah, I, I mean. I, Kevin, we, Tate, Kevin Tatum is there. We walked in one day. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't think like anybody told us. Yeah. And we just walked in, go back, and you know, there's Ted, me, there's some great writers. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to remember all the picture. Conlon, Hockey. Yeah, they, they could rip. Didn't you? They could rip the Conlon one down now, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah well, I have mixed emotions about that because F- Bill was great, and you know what happened happened. I don't know all the facts, but he was great. There, there's yeah, I got no admit, doubt about that. I was up there. I was up in Cooperstown in July, obviously, when Jason went in. It was surreal seeing Bill's picture there. And obviously, Paul Hagen, who went in a couple years later. Well, um, real quick. What do you, like, so if a guy is, O.J. Simpson's in, in the NFL Hall of Fame, okay? Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, you know, he was, he was. Innocent. He was. He was. No, I, yeah. I, I know. I where mean, you're he was going. not guilty. I shouldn't say innocent. I, I, I know where you're going. You're saying it's, that it's. Yeah. You know, should you do, clean do up you, history? Do, well, do you just exonerate him from everything? Do you, do you just say that Bill Conlon never existed, 
when I think he was in his, I think he was, if not, he was one of the best baseball writers anywhere. I don't think he was a great columnist. I think he, I think, but when he covered the Phillies, he covered it unlike just about anybody I've ever seen cover a franchise. He was great. Um, but then again, at, at the end, you know, there was the issue and, you know, and then you be, I mean, the, I don't know. I don't the, have the an issue answer. becomes, you can acknowledge he was a great writer. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And, and look, there are some people who, who took exception with the way he did the Phillies beat as well. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah there were some, there are some stories that are right. very questionable, but I don't want to get into Bill. Bill, but the right. point is that. You know, but did Howard say something last week about the way people used to cover teams? Yeah, that they covered them in such a way, and that well, uh, Angelo did too. Sure, oh, yeah. Angelo. I'm sorry, it was Angelo who said that. That's right. And there's a lot of truth to that. that, that there is had, a lot of truth. You had to be. Can I say this on the on, since we're on pocket? Yeah, you had to be a prick to be that. Michael, you just curse. I'm sorry, Angelo could be that. That yeah. he admitted that. Yeah. And I think Bill could be that, but he would also sit up till two in the morning having drinks with uh, the general with manager, Paul and get, Owens, Paul and Owens, and getting some Keely great and, stories. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, that's that's a tough call. It is a very I, tough call. You know, I I could tell you that there's one case of that I know from, and Dennis Deach told it on the old incline, uh, on the old version of the podcast, um, that he took something that Larry Boa said off the record and just. Wrote a whole column mm-hmm. about it about Scott Rowland. And that's not right. Was the, that was the acceleration of Scott yeah. Rowland leaving town. Well, that's not right. And I know I'm not going to apologize for Bill, but I'm just saying is what he did over his career got him into the baseball, baseball hall, hall of fame, fame for a reason. Yeah, it did. And I don't think you know if some people want to look at him differently. I get it. I totally get that. But what he did when he was sitting in front of his typewriter or his mm-hmm. computer, you know. But anyway, enough on that. Anyway, enough on that. Um, I digress. You you mentioned the NFL earlier, mm-hmm. and what we uh, we should point out on Friday when we do this again Friday morning, and it will be up by Friday afternoon. We're going to be joined by Merrill Reese. Um, Merrill's going to join us for for about fifteen twenty minutes to talk about the Eagles Lions game this coming week. So if you're looking for an Eagles Lions preview, and if you're looking for our picks, that's going to come on Friday afternoon. So okay, nobody's going to pick Detroit. I can tell you right now. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, go ahead, pick Detroit. Uh, well, let's, all right. Let me start with Eagles. How how concerned are you about all these injuries? All of a sudden, um, look, I'm listening to post game live here tonight. And I love Michael, but you know, it, it it's frustrating because it's a game they could have won. Which the Eagles aren't going to lose many games that they couldn't have won, and very few teams are going to beat them by like two touchdowns. Where you just say, ah, I didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. So it's a frustrating loss in that sense. Before the season started, a lot of people had that penned as a loss. Then the Falcons didn't look good in week one. I don't think the Falcons are great. I think they're good. They right. were home. They had a win. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan made a great play. And then the guy who made the tackle on Ertz made a great play. If Aguilar catches the ball, it's probably a touchdown. So, you know, but you can't fry them because, I mean. I'm, I'm not saying about, I'm not saying about losing to the Falcons. Yeah. I mean. Because before the season, that's a game. If they're in, healthy, your injuries are going to happen. The Eagles won a Super Bowl two years ago, losing a lot of key guys. They had Nick Foles, right, and they had a unity that was special. Last year, I mean, the last two years they've lost Carson Wentz, right, but they had Nick Foles. Well, they don't have Nick Foles. If something happens to Carson where he goes out for five or six games, like we're seeing in a lot of Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, 
Uh, well, Eli's a benching, but Eli, uh, Drew Brees, the guy in New York with Mono. Um, there's a lot of them. We're two weeks into the season. Um, we saw what happened last year when Garofalo gets hurt, and then you know San Francisco goes two and whatever. So, yeah, you got to keep Carson Wentz upright. And now with all these guys out, you wonder like how. And it's a good thing you are playing Detroit this week. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, if you were playing Dallas or, or well, and you also get Green Bay on the short week. The yeah, but you knew week. that going anyway. I mean, that that's. If they're two and two after the Green Bay game, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say, "Well, boy, I didn't see that coming." I mean, so everybody what thinks they're going to be three and one and four and zero. Oh? In a perfect world, they could have been, but those two games, and you look at them, they're both on the road against good teams. Um, they won't be favored at Green Bay, even if they have their whole team. I doubt it. But you know, now on a short week, especially Jackson looks like he's going to be out for a call and a groin <laughs> or an abdominal. I think they're calling it an abdominal now. And that's a tricky injury with a guy like Jackson, who's well, basically Forte is running down the field. And Dallas got her with the calf, which is a problem that has been there really yeah, since I'm more, the Yeah, I'm more preseason. worried about Alshon. Because I think Alshon's real important. Yeah. I mean, Goddard's important. They're all, look, but, but here's the thing. Everybody talked about their running game. Their running game stinks. Why? I don't get it. I don't it. think they committed enough to it. The other Why? That, Why that's when dumb. they won the Super Bowl? The, the, that's Vi- dumb. the Vikings ran for like how many yards the first week against the Falcons? Like three hundred. They threw the ball. They had nine completions, I think, and beat them. Um, but I, I was never sold on Howard. I think he's a good. I, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think they've used him well the, so far. Well, but the other guy's a rookie. He's learning. Um, and you know they they, they use Sproles a lot the first week. They didn't use him much. No. You're right, and you drop the, you know, you know, I mean, drop. There are things like drop passes, but then you have Carson Wentz making that throw on that third down where his knee. On, yeah, I mean, he makes plays like that. Um, but boy, if he gets hurt, well, the bigger issue and the defense is you have you have issues on the line now. And you have also issues in your secondary. That's the other well, question. I mean, well, you have injuries on the line. You have injuries. You have on guys the line. who yeah, are hurt. Tim Jernigan, who is probably out another four to six, and weeks, the other probably guy, until the bye week. Yeah, at least, at least. Yeah. At least, because those things, you know how those things are. They always yeah. small bones. He's big, a three hundred big bodies. Three hundred big bodies. Guy. Small bones right. don't go well. So, so now they're going to try. Now they're going to try to trade for Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, which, which which you probably can't fit him under the cap. Or you're going to cause yourself massive problems down the road, and you're going to have to give up probably two number one picks. And also, he's a pain in the ass. And that too. But you know, I heard somebody today. Well, you know, everybody wants the pain in the ass on their team. Until, until he comes to your team ass. and becomes the pain in the ass. That's right. So, but he is good. I mean, if if, if this is the problem, if it, you said to me I could get him for 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 a first round draft pick and maybe I would take because how often is your first round draft pick going to turn out to be him? This is the problem with the genius label on Howie Rose. But I'm not saying Howie has done a bad job or not. But everybody expects that Howie's going to find a way to make it work. Well, there's going to be hits and misses. Yeah, but there are times when. Howie's not going to be able to make it work. Well, yeah, but everybody in Howie we like, trust. Honestly, yeah, yes. honestly, that's what happens. Would when you, you win have Super wanted Bowl. Howie Roseman to go make the trade that the Steelers made for for Minka Fitzpatrick? Uh, I don't know because I once again, especially if you were in the Steelers spot where you could be a top ten pick. Yeah, I, I didn't understand why the Steelers did it, but if you had said would the Eagles do it? Because here's the way I look at it: Let's say the Eagles end up. Let, let's say you're going to make the playoffs. I don't know. Let's say you end up with like the 26 pick. Mm-hmm. That's the same. Sure. Are you going to get Mega Fitzpatrick with the 26 pick? Probably not. Or you might, but you might not. So if you can take, I've never understood this thing 
well, we can't trade a number one pick. Well, did, is this guy a number one pick? Apparently, he was taking 15th. He's playing pretty well. Jalen's even better, yeah. apparently. Um, but you're going to have to throw in a, a three or a four. And or plus, in another in year, you're going to have to give him, he's going to want all the money. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is where mistakes hurt you. When two years ago, they drafted the cornerback. Sidney out of, Jones. Sidney Jones. And we didn't know what Sidney Jones was going to be. He was touted to be the best cornerback. He got hurt as Achilles. Now he doesn't, you, you don't know. I mean, he looks like a guy. So if you took a second round pick, and I, it's, it's, you know, second round pick, they took Zertz in, Ertz in the second round too. Look how that turned out. So, um, but you know that when, when you miss, when you miss. It's tough to make it up. It's tough to make it up. It, it just is. Two weeks in, and you mentioned about in, in the opening about the quarterbacks and the whole quarterback situation right now. Changes everything. Boy, this league can, it's strange. This league feels right now like there's a gaping, gaping hole missing without Roethlisberger and Breeze and Luck, who was supposed well, these, to be These them. guys are 38 years old. Well, I mean, Luck, Luck, Andrew, Luck wasn't was 38. No, no, Luck is different. But Drew Breeze, as good as he plays, at some point, you know, Tom Brady is making us all think that they can play to their 50. And he's a freak of nature. Roethlisberger is taking a lot of hits. Yeah. Andrew Luck taking a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton, a lot of hits. What do they all have in common? Honestly, Drew, Drew Brees, a lot of hits. Yeah, but Drew Brees has missed, I think, one start in the last 10 years. But Right. I, and this is what worries me about Carson is that maybe five years from now, you're he's going to be in that spot. Well, you don't know. Somebody the other night, um, I think it was Al Michaels or Collinsworth, likened him to Roethlisberger. I think it's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they play similar. Um, but the whole league, and now you're looking at guys like the guy in uh, in Baltimore, who I didn't think, Lamar Jackson, I never liked the quarterbacks who kind of run, but he is playing, like, great. And and the guy in, for the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals are going to stink, but he looks like Mar- he can Murray play. can play. I don't think he may lead you to a Super Bowl, and, and I worry about a 5'11 guy getting through. Garofalo, who we all thought was going to be pretty good, or most people thought was going to be pretty good, is playing well. Um, it, it, the whole league... You, you look at it from the beginning of the year. I mean, and the Colts still played well last week. They give Frank Reich a lot of credit. But look look what changes. When you have Pittsburgh, the teams that are now hurting, a lot of those teams were teams that people thought could make a run. And meanwhile, you have the Buffaloes that have stu- stepped yeah, up. Yeah, but that's... that's uh, Buffalo, Buffalo has played pretty well, though. Buffalo's played weeks. well in, in San Francisco. They're both 2-0 on the road. Yeah. But let, let's let's see where they're at. You know, I still, San Fran, th- I still Fran think Fran Buffalo's is, got like eight and eight written all over them, which San, Fra- San Fran gets the Steelers this week at home. Yeah. And I mean, they should win. Yeah. You would think. Um, and, I mean, and New England. I mean, everybody, you know, okay, Gronk left. Well, the question is now, does Antonio Brown stay off the, the, the commissioner's list here? I think if Antonio Brown doesn't play for New England, I still think they're, they're they might be the best team in the league. Right now, uh, now maybe not in December. I would say I would take Kansas City by a hair. That's fine. Without like Kansas City, fine. I got no argument with Kansas City. Although I will say New England's defense is outstanding at this point. Well, all I know is the last time they played in Kansas City with everything on the line, and that's it. It was Mahomes' first time. Yeah. That's okay. I get it. But they they just, they just defy everything. How New England does it, I, I mean, I do know how they do it, but they just defy all logic. You trust the Cowboys? Um, I'll put it this way. I don't think like the Cowboys are necessarily like the yeah. I think the Cowboys are pretty good. I think they're better than I. I thought they're going to be like a nine-win team, kind of. I think them and the Eagles. They could I, think, be 12. I, I think they're going to give the Eagles all the run. 
let me, let me, let me. I gotta look at the. I don't have schedules in front right, of me. But so let I, me look at. If I gave you right now, take your top four NFC teams and rank them. Who are they? Well, let's let's think about one thing though. Okay. They did beat the Giants and the Redskins. Okay? The Giants true. and the Redskins stink. The Eagles beat the Redskins at home. If I was ranking the teams in the NFC, the top four in the NFC, I probably put the Rams one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Green Bay. I might put Dallas two, Green Bay one of those. You know, so. One, two, one, three. Um, I couldn't put the Saints. Not not without Breeze. But the Eagles four? <sighs> Eagles or the Vikings? I, th- I think that would be my four or five. See, yeah, I the Vikings get, lost at Lambeau. Yeah, I, I can't, can't kill them for that. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins. You can Kirk Cousins all you want. They're they're not a bad football team. No. And their defense is pretty good. And, um, and the Eagles right now got a lot of question marks. Now, those question marks, you know, we're in week two. You know, tell me where we are in week 12. Yeah. And who knows where we'll be in week 12. Who knows where we'll be by the end of the week when we have Merrill. Yeah, I, remember, I remember the, the Patriots last year, I think, started two and two. Yeah. And everybody was writing them like, oh, my God. Well, okay. And that doesn't mean that the Patriots are going to win it this year. I agree with you. I mean, I think Kansas City, you know, and Andy Reid, something always happens to Andy. God bless They him. did not play well on Sunday. They played well in the second quarter. But they just blew the game open in one quarter, and was, that was enough. I mean, Patrick that's Mahomes, a da- That is a dangerous way to live life. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happened to him last year. They got outscored Scored. by New England yeah. at home, but they still almost won the game. I but, mean, But they're better defensively this year with Spagnola. Well, we'll see how, how differently they your are boy, in, in the middle of January. Your boy Spags. 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 He, I mean, <laughs> Andy Reid at some point. I mean, can, can Mahomes be the MVP two years in a row? Could. I mean, it could be be him to, between him and Brady. Could and and the, and the way like I mean, you know, I mean, Dak is playing very well. Um, I still don't think Dak is like if you said to me tomorrow you can have Carson or Dak, I'm taking Carson. I am and too. maybe that's me. Maybe because I live in Philadelphia, I don't know this. And I think if you gave Carson Wentz Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, it might make a difference in what Carson could do, but. The Cowboys, uh, can you imagine it's going, to, it's going to come down? It's going to be awesome. It's going to come down to the two Dallas games because Washington and the Giants stink. Um, before we go, okay, I need advice here. I've had this cold. You're asking me for advice? Okay. Yes. I've had this cold since over the weekend. <sighs> what kind, where is it affecting you? It's a sign. It's a sign. So I think it's going to be allergies. Not in the chest? Head, head, head and throat. Well, not in the chest is usually good. Yeah. Because it gets in the chest. See you, and you're not going to follow my voice because I would say rest, but you mm-hmm. usually can't rest because yeah. you usually got so many things going on. Yeah, lots of here, here, lots of me- medicine, uh, throat stuff because you're obviously going to be on the air, right? You're going to need throat stuff, but really, you just kind of got to ride that out. All right, my my wife is adamant. I should call her downstairs here. Yeah, I like using Vapo Rub, the the Vicks. Well, that's on, the, on the, that's the way we were taught. 30 years ago, you know, you used, we, I used to do those tents. You ever do a tent? Yeah. I did them. I don't know if they did any good or not. I, I think strong, what, what you could do, seriously, yeah. go to your pharmacist and say, hey, this is what's wrong with me. I've done that before. before. Just say, hey, and they've, I go to the Rite Aid on Frankfurt. Um, they've given me advice. I also go to CVS sometimes. Or I've actually, when it got really bad, which you're not really bad yet, no. I went to my doctor. And I don't well, go I have, to my I have a physical dude this week, so. I went to my doctor and said, "Doc, yeah. just, she gave me it was she gave me some medicine about a week and a half later. It had not worked. I went back. She gave me different medicine, 
Any vents? But I was sick last year. See, oh I'm not God. even sure. Sinuses, uh, like a, like allergies, or if it's a cold. Well, what would you be allergic to? Well, ragweed. Uh, it really started when I started coming. Like I cut the lawn this week. Okay, it, but usually allergies don't like. Um, you sound like it's more than allergies. Yeah, but I but I'm not a doctor. I play one on radio, but I'm I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> being sick stinks. Oh, it's awful. I, I I don't get sick very often, but when I do. It's usually like a layer upper. Yeah. And I hate being laid up. Yeah. It stinks. But, you know, if that's the worst thing that happens to you this week. It's not bad. You got it made. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, baby. We'll be back on Friday. Can I charge you for that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We'll be back on Friday uh, with Meryl Reese, the voice of the Eagles, who will join us. You hope I wake up. You, You could be flying solo. That that's fine. <laughs> and our and our picks and our picks. Maybe I'm, I'll give you a golf pick. Perhaps, although it'll be two days in the tournament. So, thank I'm you, Mike. I'm Thanks for joining us on Work of the Beat. Take care now.